I'm excited about this message today because I think all of us have had unanswered prayer. Things that we've been praying about and asking God to do, and it just has not happened yet. So I'm a Texans fan. I've had lots of unanswered prayers. So anyways, I know this is a real deal, though, for real. A lot of people have had real big issues that they've been praying about, things they've been wanting to see happen that just haven't happened for a long time. And so what do you do when you've got an answered prayer? Is there anything we can do about that? And that's what I want to unpack today. Let's say our mission statement first. What are we here to do as a church? We're here to take as many people to heaven as we can before we die, period. That's what we're all about here at Church Unlimited. Speaking of that, Easter is coming up. Can you believe it's already Easter time again? That is crazy to think about, but it's coming up again. So be thinking and praying about who you're going to bring this Easter. We're going to do something really cool this year. We haven't done it in a number of years. We're going to bring it back. Uh, we're doing these things where we, where we egg the city. And so we have these little egg cards that basically we go and we pay for someone's dinner or you're in line at Starbucks and you pay for the person behind you and you leave a little egg that says, hey, just something from someone at Church Unlimited to say we love you. And then you pay for their meal. It's really a cool thing we like to do. So that's coming up as well. Isn't that cool that we get to do that just to serve people, let them know we love them. It's really fun. So now that doesn't mean that you don't tip. You know, oh, instead of your tip, here's this. No, don't do that. Don't do that. No. No, add, add extra to the tip and then leave one of the little egg cards. So we're going to be doing that pretty soon as well. So cool stuff like that. We've got Easter coming up. We're really excited about Easter this year. My Easter message is called A Doubter's Guide to Easter. Those who doubt the whole resurrection story, we're going to unpack that for them this year. Very excited about that. And you're going to feel more confident in your faith as well in the whole story and realize it's not just a story. It is history, his story. And we're going to unpack that. And so very, very excited about that. But today we're talking about how to deal with unanswered Prayer. And there are four simple things I want, want you to keep in mind when it comes to unanswered prayer. The first one is this, be persistent. Jesus actually says that when you have an unanswered prayer, keep praying. He actually tells us to keep praying. You know, there's a story he shares in the Bible about a guy who, who gets to a house late one night and just knocks, and a person just knocks and knocks all night until finally someone comes. He says, be like that. Just stay at it. Just keep bugging them until you get what you want. Just keep going to God, right? Go, you know, be a pain to God. God, please, I'm not going to leave you alone. Would you just answer this? God actually tells us to do that, to keep going to him. It says in Matthew 7, he says, keep on asking and you will receive what you ask for. Keep on seeking and you will find. Keep on knocking and the door will be open to you. Now you may say, well, why couldn't he just give it to me the first time when I asked for him to do something? Why couldn't he just do it? Well, he could and oftentimes he does do that. But sometimes there's persistence needed because then God gives you what you're asking and he also gives you the character trait of persistence. So maybe the Lord's wanting to develop a persistence in you. Some of us have said things like this. I've been praying for this to happen for years. Let me, let me just challenge you on that. Have you really? Or have you occasionally wished once a year or two times a year for that to happen? But you haven't really dedicated prayer to it. So I want to encourage you to, to daily pray about it. Maybe say once a week, I'm going to pray about this. You know, my wife right now is praying for something very specific. She told me I'm fasting once a week for, for this to happen. And so, you know, she's a, a godly woman. God answers her prayers. I, you don't want her praying against you. I'm just telling you right now. <laughs> but she prays and God moves. And I want to tell you that when you're persistent, God answers prayers. And so I just want to challenge you to be persistent with whatever it is the Lord is leading you to pray about. God will answer those prayers in his time. He really will. But sometimes it doesn't happen exactly how you want it to happen. And you got to trust that the Lord knows what he's doing when that happens. And so, you know, it's funny, uh, God, speaking of God's timing, you know, I didn't even know this, but when I was in high school, my wife ended up in the same youth group that I was in for a while. And I was like, how did that happen? And I never met her. But I look back on that and I'm like, 
Lord, thank you that I never actually met her. She came to the church that I went to when I was in high school, same youth group, just a few times. I never met her. That is totally a God thing that I did not meet her because I would have so botched that had I had met her in high school because I was deeply in love in high school with myself. So it would have been really, really bad. You know, how many guys know what I'm talking about? You're like, Lord, thank you that you did not let me meet the woman of my dreams until later, right? And so I just want to encourage you, God does have a timing. God has his ways, and sometimes his ways don't make sense to us. The Bible says his ways are higher. So he has a plan, and the plan is different than probably you are thinking it would be or should be. And so you just have to trust the Lord. So three things God tells us, though. Sometimes God says yes. And that's what we all love, right? Like, thank you, Lord. You just, you answered my prayer because I asked for this and you provided for that. One of the things I like to do is I have a journal and I write down my prayers to God. What's great about my journal is I can go back about a year and look at anything I prayed about about a year ago and almost always God's already answered it. And so just remember when you think in frustration, oh, Lord, you haven't answered this prayer request yet. I bet there's things from years ago you asked for that God's already answered. And so God often does say yes. Psalms 116 says this, I love the Lord for he heard my voice. He heard my cry for mercy because he turned his ear to me. I will call on him as long as I live. God does hear you and he wants to answer your prayer request. Second Corinthians 1 verse 20 says, for all of God's promises have been fulfilled in Christ with a resounding yes. And through Christ, our amen, which means yes, ascends to God for, for his glory. Amen literally means yes or let it be. So when you say amen in church, you're saying yes, let that happen. Yes, God, I believe that. Yes, I'm trusting in you. So can you guys give me an amen right now? Amen. Yes, I hear that. And so when you say that, you're saying, God, yes, I believe that and I trust in you. Yes, Lord, let that happen in my life. Yes, Lord, let that happen in your will. And so sometimes God says yes. Now, let me warn you with the yeses of God. With God's yeses comes responsibility. We sometimes forget about that. I prayed years ago, Lord, just, just help me to one day lead a growing church that impacts the community. God has given me that prayer request. He has honored it. He said yes to me, but I am now responsible to do my part in that. So I need to be faithful with that. Sometimes we pray and ask God to do something, but are we faithful in that? Yes. Some of you singles in here are saying, Lord, please just provide the man or woman of my dreams. And you're praying for that. Oh God, please, please, please. And then God provides me. You go, thanks God. See ya oh, wait a minute, since you provided this, I'm supposed to be faithful to you with this. I'm supposed to glorify you in how I treat this person. I'm supposed to glorify you in waiting and honoring what your word says. And so if you've given this to me, I need to recognize this is a gift from God. Some of you have a two-year-old that's a real pain and you're like, Lord, they're driving me crazy. And the Lord says to you, wait a minute, isn't this the miracle you prayed for? Didn't you ask to get pregnant and it took a long time and I finally said yes and now you're complaining. You're like, Lord, can you take back what you gave me? You just, just take it back, just, just you have back. So we have to be faithful in the yes, don't we? When God blesses you with influence, be faithful with the influence to honor him with it. When God blesses you with promotion, are you honoring him with those extra resources? Lord, I want to honor you because you've blessed me. I want to make sure that I'm being faithful with the yes you've given me. Does that make sense? Sometimes God says yes, and of course we all love that, and we want to glorify him with the yeses that God gives us. Sometimes God says wait. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says, wait. Now, before I go any further than this, those of you who are in the wait, next week's message is for you. Next week's message is called Praying for a Breakthrough. 
There is a prayer you can pray for God to give you a breakthrough. Don't miss next week's message. The Bible teaches how to pray for breakthrough. So you don't want to miss next week, especially if that's something you're needing in your life. But sometimes God does say, wait, look at Psalms 55. It says this, cast your cares on the Lord and he will sustain you. He will never let the righteous be shaken. Why would God sustain us unless he knew there was a weight? Like, that's what sustain means. So I'm, I'm, I'm going to help you hang in there while you don't get what you want, right? So God says, cast your cares upon. Like, say, God, this is what I need, but now, Lord, will you sustain me while I'm waiting on what I need? And so there's a season of wait. Anybody ever been to Disney World or Disneyland? They are experts in waiting in line, right? Like, they know how to get you to sustain by keeping you entertained in line the whole time to where you're laughing at the cartoon that's on the screen or whatever is going on the whole time in line. By the time you're finished, you go, oh, I'm already ready to ride the ride now. I didn't know. I, I, I was so entertained for the last 45 minutes, right? And so they've learned to keep you sustained, right? Now, parents, I'm going to be honest, all these parents with little kids, you get to cheat now because you have iPads and phones you can hand your kids. We did not have that when my kids were little, okay? They just went crazy at the table at the restaurant. Now they just sit there with little headphones on. They're just watching a little screen, you know? And so they're easily sustained, right? Now the problem is when you pull it out of their hands and they go crazy, right? But the truth is, is that God says, I will sustain you while you're waiting. We all have a weight on our hands at different times. You ever been in a waiting room? Don't you hate waiting rooms? This is why I don't like about waiting rooms. First of all, you're waiting for the doctor to see you or the dentist, right? You're waiting for them. And then when they finally, they call your name, you get up and you're like, you feel like all oh, cool because everyone else is still sitting. You're like, it's called my name. I'm going to go on in. I'll be, see you guys. So you go on in, right? But then what do they do? They take you to a smaller room and then you wait in the smaller room. And you guys know what I'm talking about. You're like, wait, I was waiting and now I'm waiting in another room. Like, what's the deal? You ever felt away with God? You're like, Lord, I thought this was the answer, but now I walked in and it's just a longer wait. Sometimes we get frustrated because the wait takes longer than we want. God will sustain you during the wait. Sometimes this is a test. Sometimes you're praying for God to bring that person in your life, and the question is, will you wait on him, or are you going to try to make it happen on your own? And, and just remember the last time, how'd that work out? So rather than forcing something, you got to say, Lord, I want to wait on you. Instead of forcing the job opportunity, wait on the Lord. Instead of forcing the door to open, wait, the Lord will bless you when he's ready to bless you. It's like a good basketball player. They'll tell you, let the game come to you. And so God has timing, and he will open the doors when you're ready for it. Philippians 3 says this, I want to know Christ. I want to suffer with him, sharing in his death, so that one way or another, I will experience the resurrection from the dead. Could it be the reason why God hasn't given you what you've been praying for is because he wants you to die to it first? I mean, how many times do you see that in Scripture, right? Abraham, I'm going to bless you with a whole generation of descendants. And he's like, I don't even have a kid. And I've been waiting my whole life. So, okay, I'm going to finally bless you with a kid. Now I want you to go up and I want you to sacrifice the kid. What, God? This is the one thing I've been wanting and I prayed for. And you, and you answered that prayer. And now I have to die to it. Yeah, you got to die to it. But when he did that and he lifted up the sword, right? He's like, Lord, I, I, I mean, this is what you really want. And God says, whoa, wait, stop. I just wanted to test you, Abraham to see if you recognize from whom your blessings flow. Then, of course, God provided a sacrifice that was not his son. God does not want us to sacrifice our children. But rather, God wants to ask you, the very thing you want so badly, will you die to it? Are you willing to say to God, God, even if I never get what I want, I'll be faithful to you. 
I will die to that. I'll be faithful to you. Maybe you really want to be a big deal in this world. Or whether no one ever knows my name, you know my name, and I'll be faithful to you. Will you be faithful? Here's something I've learned about people with gifts, and we all have gifts, is that God wants to see, will you use your gift when no one's applauding, or is it simply about the applause of man? Oh, I want to be a singer. Great. We, we want you to sing, too. We, well, here, here's a stage you can sing on. Oh, that's not the big stage. I want the big stage. Okay, okay, so, I'm, I'm sorry, I thought you wanted to sing to God. Well, but I want to be on the big... Oh, so it's more about you than about you using your gift for the Lord. See, guys, the Bible says to be faithful with whatever God's given you in season and out of season. Am I willing to preach God's word when there's three people in the room? And I ple preach plenty of times with three people in the room or whether there's thousands of people in the room. And I have to tell young preachers this all the time. I did not start with crowds. If you stay faithful, then God may bring that. He may not. And are we willing to be faithful whether it's in season or out, whether it's popular or not popular? Will we honor the Lord with what the gifts that God's given us? Sometimes you have to die to the applause of man. God says, will you be faithful when no one's around? You wanted to be a mom. Everybody wants to be that super cool Instagram mom. But you're still a mom when you're changing diapers and you're cleaning up room and you're picking up throw up on the ground. You're a mom in that moment as much as any time. And God says, you are now doing this for the applause of me, not the applause of man. Will you die to yourself? God says, I'd love to bless you, but you got to die to yourself first. Sometimes that's part of the weight and so it says in Psalms 27, it says, wait patiently for the Lord, be brave and courageous. Maybe there's something God's saying, you need to be brave, you need to be courageous, you need to do something brave in the wait. You know, weights are supposed to be active. They're not supposed to be inactive. Well, I'm just going to wait around until I get the job of my dreams. Well, did you ever think that the job of your dreams is, is probably a, a, a job that a lot of people want? So maybe you should get trained so you're ready with some expertise when you get the job of your dreams. So it says, well, I'm just going to wait around and just hope they just give it to me. It doesn't really work like that. Are you preparing yourself? If you're the backup quarterback, you can complain that you're not first string, or you can really learn the playbook really well and know that when that quarterback gets injured, it's not if, it's when, they will get injured. And when they do, are you ready to go in the game? Or are they going to call on you because you've been sitting around complaining that you're not the head quarterback, that when they do call you into the game, you don't know the playbook because you weren't preparing anything? I mean, how many singles out here say, oh, I just want God to bring me someone that I can take care of them? Well, let me ask you something. How much debt are you carrying? So you're not even taking care of yourself. So you're over-indebted, you're overextended, and you're not taking care of yourself, but you're saying, God, I want to take care of someone else? So get your own house in order so God can bless you with someone else. Does this make sense? There are things you could be doing. So here's a prayer I pray. God, is there anything that I could be doing right now that would help you want to bless me with this? In other words, am I being faithful in my wait for you to be able to do something special in my life. Let me just tell you right now, when I was a young kid, I used to love to go to the store. And if I went to the store with my mom or my dad, I always stopped by the cereal aisle to get some Lucky Charms. How many of you got Lucky Charms fans do I have in here? I mean, come on. You're, it's I'm sorry I don't have enough for everybody. I apologize. But I love Lucky Charms. But when I was a little kid, I would get the Lucky Charms and I would pour them in a bowl so that I could then pick out. Anybody know what I'm talking about? Just the marshmallows. I have gone as an adult to my own pantry, opened the marshmallows, poured it out, and there's no marshmallows there. I'm like, some kid in my family has eaten all the marshmallows, right? Could it be that we're saying, oh, Lord, would you bless me? I'm waiting on you to do this or that for me. But the problem is God says, I would love to bless you, but you keep taking my word and you keep just picking the parts you like 
and skipping over the parts you don't like, and you forget that the parts that you don't want to eat is actually where the nutrients are. That's actually the part that actually grows you. And so quit lucky charming God and expecting him to bless you. God wants us to take in this whole word, the whole counsel of scripture. That means, Lord, I thank you, God, that you want to bless me financially. And God says, I do. And I also want you to tithe. Oh, Lord, thank you, God, that you want to bless me with the great relationships. I do. But I also want you to learn to forgive people who aren't so great to you. Lord, I thank you, God, that you want me to have health and the vibrancy. And God says, I do. But I want you to use that health to serve in my house. So we always, oh, Lord, I want this. I want that. But God says, no, 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 don't just pull out the marshmallows. Uh, no, the whole counsel. God wants us to be sacrificial. God wants us to learn to pray. God wants us to learn to be disciplined. God wants us to learn to, 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 to balance a budget and to, and to bring a tithe and, and to be faithful to his house and to serve and to put other people first. It's the whole counsel of God. Do not lucky charm God and think he's going to bless you because sometimes we're just not blessable because we want to pick and choose what we like about God. Are we willing to take the whole word? The whole thing. Wait on the Lord, but wait actively and say, God, is there anything in me that needs to change? Because here's the thing I've learned about God. There's our part and there's God's part with everything. We always want God's part. Oh, Lord, just part that red sea like you did for Moses. And God says, I'd love to. Are you going to be like Moses when I begin to speak to you at a burning bush? Are you going to stop, take off your sandals and listen? Then you're going to go back and tell your wife the crazy thing I told you to do. And she's going to look at you like you're nuts. But you're going to convince her that you're going to go back to Egypt, the place where you are a wanted man to be thrown in jail. Then are you going to go commit your father-in-law also, and it's going to affect his economy because you're one of his main workers, one of his main ranchers, and you need to leave the farm and go back to Egypt. Then you're going to walk all the way back to Egypt on your own account. On your, I'm, not going to, I'm not just going to snap my fingers and put you in Egypt. You're going to walk all the way there. And when you get there, you're going to go and you're going to find your people and explain what I've told you. Then you're going to go to Pharaoh and face the scariest man on the planet and tell him to let my people go. And then when he doesn't do it, you're going to stay faithful anyways, and people are mad at you because the Pharaoh is going to increase their work, and you're going to stay faithful anyways, and then I will begin to bring my plagues. And then after all that, you tell everyone to pack everything up, and then once the plagues are done, then guess what? You're going to then take everyone and all the stuff, and you're going to haul it all the way back down to the Red Sea. And when you get there, and you're tired, and you're exhausted, and you're scared because you're being chased, then and only then will I part the Red Sea. So you got a lot to do before you get to the miracle. Could it be that we keep waiting on the Lord to do all the stuff that we can do ourselves because God does not bless our laziness? We have to do what we can do, then God does what only he can do. So your wait should be an active wait. God, prepare me. God, help me to learn what I need to learn. The Bible says, study to show thyself approved. Are you taking your school serious? Or are you simply spinning your wheels? Are you just getting on the Zoom and acting like you're listening when you're not? Are you actually learning something so you're ready for the next thing God wants to bring you? Oh, that stuff doesn't matter. Boy, I hope my surgeon doesn't think that. I hope they were listening. I hope the person flying my plane doesn't think that. I hope they were listening. So are we preparing ourselves so we can be good stewards of the mind God's given us, of the body God's given us, of the time God's given us? Can you honestly say you're being a good steward of your time, of your energy, of your health, of your mind? If you're not being a good steward of those things, of your money, then how can you ask God to bless you when you're being unfaithful with what he's already blessed you with? God, thank you for the weight you've given me that gives me time to get ready for the opportunities you have for me. God says, I love you enough not to let you blow it. So I'm going to wait on giving you this until you're ready for it. Then when you're ready, then I'll bless you with it. But God sometimes tucks us away and says, no, you're not ready. I'm going to wait until you start to do the stuff in the natural, then I'll add my super to your natural. And so do your part, 
then God will do his part. Sometimes God says, wait. Real quick, I just want to tell you something too. Um, a lot of people are praying for something to happen financially in their lives. And I don't talk about this a lot, but I just want to mention this. You know, we have a special offering coming up in, a, in probably about six, eight weeks away. And uh, it, it's something we do annually. And uh, maybe you thought, yeah, why are you even talking about pastor? It's six or eight weeks away. Well, let me tell you why. Because there's a group of people inside our church that when I mentioned that in six to eight weeks, we're going to have a special offering, they actually start saving for it now. And you think, really? People do that? They, they do. And this may surprise you to find that the same people who think like that, who begin to save sacrificially way in advance of a special offering and give way above because they started thinking way in advance, it's crazy. God just happens to bless them with more. It's weird. It's almost like he's rewarding them for thinking about him in advance. You say, well, I mean, yeah, pastor, but the people that do that, they're, they're like loaded because they have a lot of money, then they give. No, no, you got the order wrong. Because they've been giving like that for a long time, they happen to have a lot of money. Because God blesses a good steward. So as funny as that sounds, like, who thinks like that, leaders? People who change the world. And that may be a foreign thought to you now, and it used to be a foreign thought to me to think in advance of something like that. But I can tell you, if you will begin to think like that, say, God, if I will just train myself to be more disciplined on the front end, I can do more for you in the future. Guys, I, I just want to tell you this about your church in case you don't know that we do a lot of great things around the world because I believe it's our responsibility as a large church to be a large giving church, and we are. But that happens because you are surrounded by people that may surprise you that have been thinking about how they can do more for God all the time. It's a different way of thinking, but it's a beautiful way to think. And I'll be honest with you, I drive less and live in less because we give more. And I'm grateful to do it. I don't say that like I'm just so holy. No, there's people all around me way holier than I'll ever be. There's people sitting around you that would shock you with the sacrifice that they make. But surprise, surprise, God blesses them because they put him first. I just want to challenge you with this. If you'll begin to think differently, you've been waiting on a promotion. Think differently about that. Lord, when I get the corner office, what am I going to do with the corner office? When I get the six-figure salary, what will I do with the six-figure salary? God, if you were to bless me with the seven-figure retirement, what am I willing to do off of that for your glory? See, it changes the way you think. If you begin to think like that, you begin to see God do greater things. Sometimes God says yes. Sometimes God says wait because he's preparing us and he wants us to prepare. And sometimes God says no. This is the part of the sermon nobody likes. This is the hard part, the hard truth of the Christian life. But I would be doing a disservice to you not to tell you the truth that there's going to be things that God gives you a hard no on, and sometimes he does not change his mind. I wish sometimes that I could convince God just to go ahead and just make me the exception, Lord, and just always say yes to me. But then that would mean I'm God and not the servant, but really he's God. And so, you know, the Lord says no to everyone about something. I just want, want you to know that there's no place in Scripture that we don't see God at some point with one of his servants say, no, I, I'm not going to do that for you. John the Baptist was faithful, the baptizer. 
He baptized Jesus. He, he was the forerunner. They called him the Elijah, right? The, he, he was the Elijah of, um, of excuse me, the Isaiah, excuse me, of, of the New Testament. He's the one who, who prepared the way for Jesus to come. He had this amazing ministry. People came out to his ministry, and then he introduced Jesus. He baptized him. They all started flocking to Jesus. John ended up getting thrown into prison because a king hated him. While in prison, he asked one of his followers, he said, can you go see Jesus and let Jesus know I'm in prison? He went to see Jesus. Uh, Jesus, did you know John the baptizer? You know, he, you know, your cousin. Yeah, oh, yeah, yeah. Yeah, he's in prison. Okay, well, we just, we wanted you to know in case you wanted to do something about that. He was like, okay, you tell John, stay faithful. Okay, okay. So he goes back and John says, hey, what, you know, at the bars, hey, what did Jesus say? He, he, he said he knows you're here. Okay, well, did, did, did he say anything else? No, that was, that was about it. So is, is he going to come? Is he, he, he didn't sound like he's, he's coming, John. Okay, can, can you go back again and talk to Jesus? Just let him know I'm here. I know he loves me. I love him. Just, would you just let him know? And, okay. He goes back. He comes back. Yeah, I talked to Jesus. He said he loves you. And just stay faithful. Okay, okay. Do you know it wasn't a short time after that that John was murdered in prison? He was beheaded for his faith. See, we want to believe, but, but, but if I'm faithful to God and I obey him and I do his will and I'm always honoring him, then surely God will just say yes to what I'm asking. I mean, it's a pretty reasonable request. Could you just... Somehow God said... No, that's not my will. Some of you prayed this last year for someone you love. So God, I mean, this COVID thing, it's legit, and most of us are going to be fine, but you know, I've got an aunt. <laughs> i got a friend. i got a, I got a mother. If I, God, could you just help them through this? And maybe you prayed and said, God, just please heal them. And God healed them in a way you didn't want. They're healed. You're just healed differently than you wanted. Paul was faithful to God. He kept getting thrown in prison over and over again. It was like, man, I'm just preaching the word of God, just telling people about Jesus and these different provinces I go to, the, the leaders get mad and they just throw me in prison for no reason other than the fact that they don't like me. It kept happening to him. And because of that, he kept having to write letters to all these churches he wanted to go to. He couldn't go because he was in prison. He kept saying, God, could you just let me get out of here so I can go to them? No, I'm not going to let you do that. Well, I really need to go see Tim. Tim is my boy. I love him. He's, he's my son in the faith. I've been raising Timothy in the faith, and he's going to do great things. And I just, I, if I could just get with him, God says, no. Write him a letter. <sighs> okay, well, Lord, I, I did that. I was faithful to you. Could you just let me go see him? No, no, no. Write him another letter. All right, I just... But if I could just go, if I could just go to Ephesus, if I could just get there, I know if I could just talk with them, then no, I, I, I'm not going to let you go. You need to write them a letter. If I could just go to Thessalonica, I know the people there. I know they love me and I love them. And if you'll just let no, write them a letter. And because Paul heard no repeatedly, we have half the New Testament. Sometimes God does his greatest work in the no. The other day I was talking to my mother. She's a very godly woman. She prays like almost no one I know. She's probably why I'm even in the position I'm in in my life is from her prayers. 
And I was talking to her, and she knew that we were going through some hard times. And, and she said to me, she said, you know, I know this is not fun, what you're dealing with. She said, but she said, Billy, you just preach better when you're having a hard time. I was like, oh, God, can I just not preach well for a while? Because <laughs> she said, when you're really going through it, God does his greatest work through you. Aren't we all kind of like that? Jesus, the guy, you know, the man, the, the one, Jesus himself, went to the Father in the Garden of Gethsemane. Gethsemane means the Garden of the Crushing. And he said, Father, if there's any way this cup of suffering could be taken from me, and God said, no. No. And it hurt so bad that at one point Jesus is hanging on the cross because God said no. And he said, Father, why have you forsaken me? That was the man side of him coming out, not the God side. That was the human side saying, I feel like you're turning your back on me. God says, I am. Because it's necessary for greater glory. I love you and I love the world enough to say no to the most faithful one ever. No. And Jesus, it's a hard no. It's not a maybe. I'll think about it. One of these days, it's just a no. And because he received a no, he went to the cross for you and for me. And the greatest event of all time happened because our Savior was willing to be faithful in a no. Will you be? Will you be faithful if God just says, no, it's not going to happen. I love you. That is not my will. No. Are we willing to be faithful in those moments? And here's my question for you. If God puts a cap on your blessings and says, that's it, is Jesus enough? Without getting that thing, that person, that opportunity, that door opened. Is Jesus enough? Pastor, are you saying that it's not going to, I'm not saying it's not going to happen. I'm saying, are you willing to obey him if it doesn't? Because that is a true disciple of Christ. Would you bow your heads with me? Every head bowed, every eye closed, as we just take a moment to pray. Maybe today you've never received Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Jesus the human side of him, he was fully man and fully God at the same time. The fully man side felt the rejection, the sting of his own father when he said no. But the fully God side of him said, I know I'm to go to the cross. I know I am to die for the sins of all mankind. Jesus died on the cross and he rose again from the grave, proving that he's God. Now he waits for you to individually receive him. You can receive Christ right now by praying a very simple prayer. You can pray this prayer with us. We're going to pray it out loud. We're going to lead you through this prayer. Here it is. Pray this prayer to receive Christ. You can just say this with me now. Say, Dear Jesus, I realize I need you. I believe you died for my sin. And I believe you rose again. I ask you to come into my heart. Be my Lord and be my Savior. I repent of my sins. I put you in first place. Thank you, Jesus, for saving me. 
with your head bowed and your eyes closed, if you just prayed that prayer for the very first time, would you just lift your hand high at all of our campuses right now? Those who are online, you can just lift your hand high. No one's looking. The only person looking right now is the campus pastor. That's it, because we're going to pray for you at our different campuses. Just lift your hand high. Would you do that? Just keep your hand high. Thank you for that decision you made to trust in Christ. The Bible says, if you're ashamed of me on earth, I'll be ashamed of you in heaven, which means we should be willing to say, I did accept Christ, and I'm grateful that I'm now a Christian. Just lift your hand high if you just pray to receive Christ for the first time. Lift your hand high. Thank you. There are hands going up all across our campuses. Those of you who are online, you can let us know right now. You can either type in the chat, say, raise my hand, or if you're on our own platform at churchunlimited.com, you can click hand raised. Would you let us know right now? Just lift your hand high. Praise God. You know, between 80 to 100 people a week receive Christ at Church Unlimited. Thank you for your decision. You are not alone, and we praise God for the decision you made to receive Christ as your Lord and your Savior. Hold that hand high. Thank you for that. Thank you. Thank you. We're praying for you. Thank you. You can put your hand down. Maybe today your prayer is to say, God, I want to be faithful in the wait, or I even want to be faithful in the no. And I don't know, Lord, whether it's a no. <laughs> or whether it's a wait, but I will be faithful either way. If that's you today, if God has convicted you, if the Holy Spirit is all over you saying, will you be faithful to me even if you're not getting what you want when you want it, would you just lift your hand high to God and say, God, I'll be faithful. I will be faithful. I'm in a wait, and I know I'm in a wait, but I will stay faithful. Thank you. There are hands going up all across our campuses. Thank you. Thank you. We are called to be his disciples the question I have for you is, are you going to be an inspirational junkie or a disciple? A disciple is willing to hear the hard truths and obey God. Lord, we're not going to lucky charm you. We're going to take the whole counsel of God, the good and the tough part. We will swallow it both because we are truly your people. In your name we pray. And everyone said, amen. amen. Isn't God good? His word is so true.